man, so much of what we do can just feel like chaos upon chaos upon chaos. And you know, Ryan, I'm fine. And one of the things I really like in what we do, one of my favorite words now is clarity and focus. This is a crucial episode going back to the million dollar question. Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. So, you know, I really appreciate, you know, once again, the heart of this this podcast is about finding those little ways in sessions where you can do something small just to get a little bit clearer to help increase the efficacy of your work, get a little bit cleaner, get a little bit focused, never guaranteeing you solutions, just trying to help, you know, as Chad Imhoff taught me, just trying to give you a higher percentage chance is what we're trying to do sometimes, right? So we've just been, you know, Ryan and I talking about the million-dollar question. We want to revisit that today to see if we can get a little bit clear on using the million dollar question in the midst of chaos with our couples. Yes, yeah, an important topic. And uh, it's good to be back with you and coming off of a major surgery. Mm. I asked the surgeon to uh, make my voice sound cool like James's voice. <laughs> I don't think we really got that good of results, but uh, <laughs> maybe I can breathe a little better and not in the microphone. So, man, it's good to be with you. This is, uh, you know, part one. We, we, uh, we're going to, be reviewing this as we develop this material today. I think it's very important material. Um, we reserve the right to come back and fix it too, because I haven't really heard this quite described in the way that we're trying to, and we're trying to get really, really clear. Um, hmm. So we, we were calling this the million dollar question just before James and I hit play here. Uh, I said, I think the, I think calling it a million dollar, the million dollar question was a complete failure. <laughs> it just in our effort to be clear i think it, it wasn't clear enough mm-hmm. and so uh we want to rebrand this a little bit uh just again we're never doing acronyms to be cool we're just trying to help folks hang on because the the chaos of the distress in relationships man it's quite a thing mm-hmm. and um i know i personally i have a heart for people who are trying to learn to help distressed relationships, trying to learn EFT, and, it, and they're having a hard time. Mm-hmm. And then I have a heart for helping people manage the chaos of this, because I really believe if you can hang in there, you can get to see the beauty. Mm-hmm. I think oftentimes you're way closer to breakthroughs than you might think you are. Yeah. But it's also true that uh, to get to the leading edge, you have to, you have to get in the right game. Mm-hmm. We have to establish a focus that's to build our structures around areas that are really, really tuned in to where people are. So we're changing our name here, or changing our uh, label here from the million-dollar question to the fray. So getting into the fray or getting into the right fray. And fray is an acronym. I know that's what you all wanted more of. <laughs> fray is a F-R-A. We're just going to put a Y out there because we, we need a vowel. Sometimes you got to buy a vowel, Pat. Uh, so anyway, uh, failed repair attempt is what the fray means. So what we're trying to say uh, here is uh, early in your sessions or, you know, sometimes not as early, you're trying to do what some people think of as tango one. We're reflecting the present process within and between, and, and you're trying to, p- to pick a piece of work that you're going to do that day. 
And that is hard to do. Because it's the one thing, as we say, distressed relationships cannot do is focus. By the way, shout out to my uh, recent core skills group in Las Vegas. We did the first ever Frey role play. What? Yeah. And I thought it was going to be a total mess. Everybody completed it 12 minutes. Like, we got that. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. So good job, Vegas team. And thanks for helping us develop this. Um, So Tango 1, you're trying to pick a piece of work. You're managing the chaos of multiple stories, which are often interrupting each other. And what we're trying to say with a failed repair attempt is this is where you might consider, or we're recommending considering, this is where you're going to set up your assembly work. This is where you're going to set up TEMP, if you like that acronym, or, or Arnold's processing, appraisal theory, all saying the same things, Q, limbic, meaning action, or trigger, emotion, and limbic meaning and protective action. This is where you're trying to set up shop to do that assembly. And we're saying this in contrast to two other things. All right. So on my left hand over here, you could see in the studio, if you were here, we, what we have is their big picture cycle, like the normal moves they make when they're in a time of distress, the pursuer moves, the withdrawer moves, however you want to describe that. And that is really important. But it may not be super fresh. On the other hand, on the right hand over here, is you have their content, their stories. And you do not want to get stuck trying to mediate and solve content. Couples will teach you that (coughs) until they have safety, until they have a slower, more organized uh, way of being together. They can't install good, good content solutions anyway. So you got content over here. You want to stay out of solving Over here on my left side, you have their big picture cycle. In the middle, what you have is their fray. And that Mm. is, it can look a lot like their big picture cycle. It won't be the same as their content. But oftentimes, it's a little manifestation off their cycle that really brings you to the present process. We say phrases like present process, people's eyes glaze over. So that's kind of what we're referring to here, the present cycle between the two where you're going to set up your piece of work. So let's talk about research for a minute. Let's say that you're working with the relationship and two weeks before they're in your office for session seven, something really bad happens. I don't know, maybe an affair or maybe something horrific. And every day since then, they have beautiful repair conversations. One person gets out a really clear signal. It's vulnerable. Put their heart forward. The other person tunes in, validates comforts. The thing about that is, is they would never come to you. (laughs) So people are in your office because they cannot repair. So that research is what it's informing this idea of the fray. So just like the million dollar question, when the topic of money comes up and you try to have a conversation about money, how does your conversation go? What we're listening for is how do we miss an attuned repair and get stuck in a reactive negative cycle. That is the fray. Mm-hmm. That's the fray, the failed repair attempt. How many couples have fights about money? 95% probably, maybe more. The difference is secure couples can repair. Clinically distressed couples, something happens to their repair attempt. So we're really trying to join them there. Is that making sense? Yeah. What's coming up for me, tell me if I'm, because me and Ryan are kind of built in this plane as we fly, which is cool, right? 
<clears throat> with the million dollar question, I remember particularly one couple case I was working with. I used the million dollar question just to kind of even start getting clear on how does this couple dance together. And they they bring up a topic conversation. I'm like, oh, that's great. So, but here's the question though: When this topic comes up, what happens to your relationship? And we worked through some stuff. They we did assembly, and it was great. But there was no juice. I didn't know. Of course, we weren't talking about fray or anything. But I didn't notice it shifted because one thing we teach in, for you know some of us teach when we do when we do move one of the tango. Don't just stop after you get the protection push a little bit further. And so after that happens, how do you two go to bed? How do you kind of close it out when things aren't still aren't good? How do you pick back up? And with this couple, it shifted, Ryan. Like when we got to the protection part and they the, the withdrawer talked about their protective move of I just go quiet. I try and like show her, you know, how we're good. I try to kind of perform. And then when that doesn't work, there's a shift. I try to perform, but then when that doesn't work, I just feel hopeless. Boom. In other words, because you feel that shift, it's like I tried something. I tried to turn it towards the positive to protect the relationship, and then that didn't work. And I felt like a whole lot more juice came in. So what's happening for me here, Ryan, is I'm thinking maybe I would probably still use the million-dollar question with a brand-new couple at the beginning just to get clear, but this fray, then all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, this is where it comes alive here. So when things are bad and you can't solve it or you can't talk about it and the things you try to do, to try and repair it, to try and get back connected. Because this is working with attachment even more so now in a way. Because attachment is about, oh, oh, there's a distance here. And now I got to try and seek some kind of proximity with you. Because there is some distress between us. And I don't know how to bridge that. That's a good place to set up camp to kind of do your EFT work. Because now what's going through my head is I got to help attachment do what it do at this moment. I don't know that's what's happening for me. Yeah, well said. That's where they live. Mm-hmm. That's where they live. That is the current status of their bond. Mm-hmm. That actually is right setting up the leading edge. Mm-hmm. This is as far as we can go in this relationship. Yeah, because I can't go back and say, oh, when you want to talk about date night, can we switch our tone about how you talk about wanting that date? <laughs> like that's not going to really do it. But when it's like you want to talk about date night and your partner shows no interest, they give you no eye contact. So you kind of raise your voice or you do something to get their attention, but you have no way to get their attention back. And then then even if things go wrong, you don't know how to get it back right. So then with the, I'm thinking about a pursuer, then you kind of like try not to be too much and you try to turn yourself off. Or for the with pursuer, withdrawers, like you might try and get positive or you try and give it some space, but then that turns against you. None of your attempts to repair this relationship seems to help you. So you know you can't prevent it, but you also can't repair it. That really sucks. You can't prevent it and you can't repair it. My goodness. Am I getting, is that kind of? Yeah, I think so. I, I want to say three things. I'm going to go back a step. Okay. You know, you can use, you could just use this generally, you know, good, a good check-in moment at like minute, I don't know, minute 20, minute 18, maybe, maybe 14 if you're a superstar or maybe 30 if it's really tough that session. We're looking, we're talking about between that 15 and 30 minute uh, aspect of your session. You can just say to yourself, do I actually have the fray? Am I in the fray with them? Or are we just speaking generally? And this is what I see people do ad nauseum is setting up an assembly, doing great EFT interventions, but we're not really clicked in to where the latest status of their bond is. An example I used in Vegas is it's like trying to hang a heavy picture, a heavy picture on nothing but drywall. There's no structure behind that to nail into 
So even if your interventions are good, you're just like, wait, where are we? What are we talking about? So, so three, three things I'm referring to, uh, especially the second two here. Number one is just, you know, before you're leaving Tango One, if you're someone who actually thinks about Tango in session, I'm not, but you certainly could be. It's a good mini model. You could just generally check in with yourself. Am I in the fray here? Do I, am I actually um, building the structure of the focus of this session um, into their failed repair attempt? If not, there's a really good chance you might be talking about important things, but it's actually not where they are. Failed repair attempt actually is going to set up your triggers because that is where we can't grow. So there's number one. That's the general application of this. I really want to focus on number two and three, though, after this commercial break. And therapists work together at successandvulnerability.com to create a focused online training program to help you learn how to work in some of the hardest places in emotional and relational distress. Check us out at successandvulnerability.com. All right. Thanks. Uh, yeah, we'd love to have you at sv.com. Uh, so number one was generally speaking, 15 minutes to 30 minutes, check in. Am I, am I in their fray or am I just sort of around it? You know, uh, the main two though, and these happen a lot. I mean, I was trying to think how often these come up. I think it's 80 or 90% of sessions people, when people come in upset. So if it's been a decent week, this can actually be harder. We've talked about positive, uh, positive or partial deescalation in previous episodes, so number, two, number one was general. Number two is a recent event. Thursday night, six days ago, I really, really needed you. I called you, and you chose to send me to voicemail to, uh, you know, finish your poker game or, or maybe something bigger than that. Are you going to go talk about poker? Are we going to teach them? Or perhaps we can jump into the fray. Okay, summarize, summarize, summarize. I, I see your side. I see your side. So let me call time out for just a minute. That was six days ago. In your very best efforts to fix this, when you're talking about that phone call and what happened and all the messages that sent, how has your conversation gone? When you two have tried to address this, what happens? That is where the relationship needs you. That is where you want to set up your tent of assembly and temp. Please feel the difference in that. And I will admit, like, I probably would have went, like, so you called, and then they went to voicemail. Can we slow down with that? And can we process that out? What was the trigger for you? It's going to, well, the voicemail. When I got the voicemail. But the difference, like you just said, Ryan, in the six days following what this is where we're switching the middle of like in the six days following what did it look like for you two to process that situation mm -hmm. because that's where they can't find their way back to each other again and that's what we're trying to help them do yeah if you set up your assembly if you set up your assembly last thursday night at the poker game or on the phone you can that can work yeah. that can work but what you've done is just like given away 12 minutes of let me talk about what was going on at the poker game Here's what my buddy was doing. My phone battery was low, you know, and you always never call, right? And it, you, you haven't focused it in about their relationship. Right. The, the status of their current relationship exists in what didn't happen for those six days. Yeah. So I'm going to let you move, but that feels so different. That feels more hopeful. for. I'm like, oh, I'm excited for my next client, which I have one at four. And I'm like, literally, 
I don't want to talk about that when you two, after that happened, what did it look like for you two to deal with that pain from that miss or that moment? That's yeah. big. Yeah. I'm so hopeful. What we're going to do, we're going to keep these microphones on during James's 4 o'clock. <laughs> we're going to see how good he really is. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, so, the, so number one is just generally you can be kind of mentally checking in, hey, am I in the fray here? Failed repair attempt? Or am I just sort of hitting nails into a wall hoping I hit something? And uh, ask me how I know how that feels. I've done it many, many times, so don't let me come across as, you know, demeaning or anything. So number one would be general. Number two would be this is a great focus move off of a recent event, sort of an attachment bruise that that happened this week. It's a great mm. way to really, really get to where they are. The call and the poker game are not where they are. Their inability to repair that is where they are. Number three, if any of you like John Gottman's research like I do, he says, and I think he's right, most long-term relationship has, has what he calls chronic problems or chronic issues. And it's been a while since I've read that, honestly. So if I misquote Dr. Gottman here, my apologies. Uh, he'll be on next week, actually. No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> I'm like, tell me something. <laughs> he never heard of us. Uh, all right, number three is one of these chronic issues. This is, a, to me, a primary use of the fray concept, million-dollar question, whatever you want to call it. So, for instance, money. People come in, money, 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 finance. One person spends too much. One person is too cheap. Funny how that works. There's a, a spender and a saver in almost every relationship. Pursuer, would you are, right? And so what are you going to do? Give them a spreadsheet, you know, whatever. Let me know how that works. Because until they can secure and hear each other, until their culture, their relationship is secure, then then relationships pick some issue to fight over. And, and that content is where the attachment realities play out. So the fray question would be, or the fray move we're talking about here is summarize, summarize, reflect, validate pretty quickly, then stop it, stop it. But otherwise, we're going to go talk about money for 16 minutes. And then you're going to run out of time if we actually get somewhere good. So when you two try to have a conversation about money, when you two try to fix this, when you two try to address this, what happens to your conversation, right? And then we track from there. And if it's really, really chaotic, I've said this on here before, so forgive the repeat. I'll even say, time out, time out, time out. Hang on. Whew, man, I can feel that cycle. No wonder. This is hard to get out of. But for me, I need you to slow down. I need you to stay with me for five minutes. I need you to get me explicitly clear. We're going to take out all the meaning all the emotion out of this for just a minute. Can you give me the GPS turn-by-turn turn direction? When, when the topic of money comes up and it's not feeling good, who does what first, then second, then third, then fourth? And we're trying to track that all the way until the relationship regulates, which what that typically looks like in a distressed relationship is nothing really happens. They just sort of fire at each other until they sleep on it a couple of days they're not mad anymore. Then they just go back to relating in different ways. But they're scarred, and their bond is bruised. So they're way more likely to have the next fight about money or something else. So those three applications are generally a recent event or a chronic issue. So I want to go backwards just a step really quick, James. Uh, shout out to my old professor, Dr. Wendell Ray. And uh, the language I'm using here is, is somewhat borrowed from him. So he is an expert, I mean, genuinely an expert in MRI, which is the Mental Research Institute. 
out of Palo Alto, started back in the 50s. And MRI is a therapy model. I've practiced it some in my early years. I'm a little different now, but I still have a lot of respect for it. It is literally designed for change. If you're stuck and you just want to help change, it is, it is the thing. I mean, it literally has like four steps and that's it. You know, and so, the, you know, get a clear, concrete description of the problem. I'm kind of doing that. And then number two move is the main theory of change in MRI. And that is that stuck people redundantly have redundantly failed attempted solutions. And that is now the problem. The very thing that they're doing to try to make this better makes this worse. Again, it's not exactly the way I practice, but it's not stupid. (laughs) And what you'll find is there's a lot of patterns that go on there. And so their whole model is about pattern interruption, help people slow down, do less, kind of work paradoxically. So I think failed repair attempts are central to stuckness. And if your desire is to unstuck stuckness from an EFT lens after we unstuck stuckness, now we want to go for corrective experience, whereas MRI would say, just get out of the way, right? And so with respect to both models, what we're saying here is that's a way to dial in to where they are and to where they are stuck. So if, a, if, if I'm a park ranger and um, someone's out on a hike and they fall and their leg is stuck between two rocks, I mean, where do I go to meet them? Do I go back to their walking form? (laughs) Do I go back to the previous mile? Or here's a big one. Let me just like teach them about safe hiking. No way. I got to join them right in the rock they're stuck with and their experience of it. And that is the way to most help them. And so the the rock that you're stuck, (laughs) that was going to be good until I messed that up. The rock that your clients are stuck in is their failed repair attempt. That's what we're trying to set up shop. Man, that's good. You know, because, I mean, this is just us being true to attachment. Again, thank you for Sue and people like Philip Shaver and Mario Michelancer and all the people doing, you know, uh, uh, research on adult attachment. It's there. Our clients are already trying to repair it. So we're, you know, the things in life, like we can't go out and make the world. So I don't know what the right way to make it where their relationship never faces challenge. We're just setting them up for failure, and that's not realistic to like to where they never have challenge. But why they're here with us is because in their best attempts to repair things, it doesn't work, and then that's so frustrating and hurtful and painful that their very attempts to repair, it could be like if it's like if I'm trying to lift the rock off my leg or off my partner's leg, it just makes it brings even more pressure and crushes them even more. That sucks. So that's what we are. I love this this new focus for me. And I can tell you, like, it's, we're talking about it, it's, it. It is a difference maker. I remember that couple. I'm like, oh, they taught me a lesson. Why did I spend so much time up there up top with the original kind of issue that put them in distress when in more of their energy, which, like Ryan said, I'm not throwing that out. There still can be chains there. I'm sure you all have experienced it. But I did see this couple's energy come alive more. When we got down to that that first assembly and their protection, and then what was it like for them when they tried that protective move? What did they notice after that? That brought up so much more juice for that withdrawal. like when I tried this to get her to see the positive, I saw more anger. And then I really freaked out, and I really panicked at that point. At first, it was like, oh, we can talk our way through this. But then at that point, I tried to make it better, and it got worse. I'm hopeless now. 
we just got to just kind of like, let's do triage here and, and like save as much blood in the sense in, the, in this thing as we can. So I, I really appreciate this and like this, a new way of focus, another way to push the edge, right? Yep. So what we're saying, just to be, just to be redundantly, uh, purposefully redundant, the question that we are suggesting that you might consider is uh, when you two try to solve the issue of his mom, when you two try to solve the issue of um, your blended family issue, when you two try to solve the issue about sex, you know, when you two try to solve the issue about what happened Thursday night, what happens to your conversation? The therapist is thinking, let me get clear on how this becomes a negative cycle, self-perpetuating negative cycle uh, versus the attuned bond that we know would work. And after we do that, we got to be careful that that question doesn't take us out of the office because as soon as we get the um, fray, then um, we really want to bring it alive in session. So you can set up a trigger in the last six days after the poker game, but really, really quickly, at right now as you reflect on that, what happens for you? I like that. So we want to get it here and now as quickly as we can. Qualifier. <laughs> this is not really anything new. That's right. All right? This is you know, just like you said, credit to Sue, George, all the other trainer team, uh, whomever. Number one, that's my first qualifier. My second qualifier when you two try to have this conversation to solve issue X, what happens to you? That's just one way. To me, that's a, a really clean way that helps the therapist stay clear. There are many other ways, and uh, the listeners here or other trainers, I know other trainers listen to us sometimes may say, I like this question better, so we'd love to hear it. Yeah, I don't care. It makes me no difference what question you do. What makes me a difference is um, starting your work with enough structure there where your work can actually take some traction. You know, like if you're trying to hang a picture, if you're nailing into a, a, a stud, a, stru- a piece of wood, it goes a lot better. Mm. Good old, you know, halfway fr- uh, frail, what do you call that stuff? Drywall, kind of mm-hmm. chips everywhere. That's what it feels like when we've missed the fray. Mm. So some trainers will just say, hey, what's happening between you two? And they're so dialed in on their model and where they're going, that's enough. But what I find is that's not as replicatable as I want it to be for new trainees or for people who, because if you say what's happening between you two, that can go a lot of different directions. That's pretty open-ended for people who are already in chaos. Man, there's two things I want to close out with. With Even one, as you say this, I know people say they like us using images too, right? And I think about when I think about the fray, I like watching war movies, especially like old ones when they had to like get hand to hand. And the kind of like, you know, the idea of your best warrior being in the fray, in the thickest part of the battle in a way, right? Uh, and you would keep the king and the nobles. They wouldn't be in the fray. They're too valuable, right? You know, so they wouldn't be in the fray. But where we are wanting to go is, hey, you all, thank you for listening. Like the people that we get to meet that listen to this are people who care. They, I don't. Even, I'm not even worried about your skill in some ways, right? Your your heart and your compassion for people. You want to be in the fray of things, you know. When you, you watch football, everyone sees the quarterback and they see the wide receivers, but man, it's a lot that happens on the line for football players where the defensive linemen, offensive linemen are mucking it up. They're in the fray, right? Um, and so we're just trying to help you all work in the fray. Transition to my uh, second point, that, but oh, third, it's, I do have a second. And that word solve is the new one we're really installing. What happens when you try to solve or repair 
when you have rough moments in your relationship, what happens? Because that's literally attachment broke down there. You couldn't find your way back to each other. And then the third one, just talking about the leading edge, I think what I like about even like we want to give you practical things and we talk about kind of content or, you know, clinical stuff. But it's also a, a, I think there's a, a mindset and a culture to it. What me and Ryan are saying is like, man, keep just always evaluating and learning and thinking. This is a tradition and a culture that Sue started in EFT. Sue always welcomes innovation and people to think and to try. And that's why this model keeps moving and growing that's why we have the tango now and it's like in so many things that's why we have the e-fit primer and that's why you know we're always doing this and that's just the culture of what you know what we're doing on this podcast not that we are it but that also we love the all the other trainers who like man i learned this new thing and i tried this and i taught like this and it's like whoa that's great or i use this slide or this thing it's like going and and so i do want to say you know for you all you are a part of the leading edge too that you're listening to a podcast, trying to get better, trying to learn. You're breaking down your own session tapes and learning, and you're you're taking new nuggets of things and learning how to install it. So thank you for being a part of this. We really, really appreciate you and all that you're doing for your clients. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com. And you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Reyna Professional Training and on his website, ryanreynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawk LPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com. Mm-hmm.